from Pandora. Welcome to a Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands, the best Borderlands podcast on the Echo Net. I'm Drew. I am Jeff. Thanks for joining us today for episode number seven, where today we're going to be ranking all the bosses in the vanilla version of Borderlands 1. But first, just a quick reminder that you can always get in contact with us via Twitter at a Vault Hunter's Pod or through our email, a Vault Hunter's Guide at gmail.com. Mm hmm. Yep, so, uh, and just to make sure that everyone's aware, uh, when we say vanilla game, we're just doing the ones uh, in the original release of the game without any DLC or anything like that, so I think maybe, uh, not sure, maybe maybe our next one will be going through the uh, the ones in the DLC and everything like that, maybe, I don't know, we'll figure yeah, it out. maybe, yeah, we'll sort so. it out, I mean, we'll definitely be covering them at some point, just uh, not today. Yeah, there was there was a there was a lot of bosses already, so we're like, ah, we need to cut this down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised, like when because you don't really think about it, because not all of them are named. I mean, all the bosses that we're fighting are named bosses, but they weren't always. But like, not all the bosses have splash screens, so like you know all the splash screen. Man, that's hard to say quickly. Splash bosses, screen. <laughs> um, yeah, you know all the splash screen bosses, but there's all the little ones in between, like. Like, the fact that Bonehead doesn't have a splash screen at all. Yeah. Um, not, guys like that, you know? Neither of the cobs have a splash screen at all. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. So, it's weird. Anyways. Yeah, so we're going to so we're gonna get into it. As always, we like to start with the news. Uh, so first of all, we have a new trailer. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so. Which is not... We're going to get... We're going to address that elephant in the room right now. Uh, not everybody was super stoked to be seeing a new trailer. Yeah. That's not what they were hoping for. Yeah. Um, admittedly from the, uh, admittedly from the wording on, uh, Twitter, um, you know, they had kind of said that something, you know, they, they had sent out a, a, uh, it was a screenshot that said, we hope to see you there. And it said, please join us for a celebration of togetherness. Tuesday, July 16th, 7 o'clock in the morning Pacific time at borderlands.com. Uh, link, comment, and share in lieu of gifts. So, um, Which had me excited about something. I was a little irritated that I was like, man, like, what is it? 7 o'clock in the morning Pacific time? I was at work. I had been at work for, you know, three hours at that point. So Yeah. Yep. Same. I had been, I had been at work, uh, for, I'd been at work for about two hours, you know? So yeah, sa same kind of thing. Um, you know, a lot of people, like it was really hard to infer what they were getting from that. Um, so it was just really interesting. Um, it was a new trailer. The new trailer is great and everything like that. Uh, because they really gave us no information on what it was before that, um, everyone started having their own preconceived notions about what it was and celebration of togetherness thought people had a lot of people thinking it was going to be something more about, uh, the crossplay and everything like that. But we did actually get some information on that as well. Um, so, uh, Randy Pitchford put out on Twitter, he says, Hey, look, what we have to show you guys is really cool. It's not about crossplay. Crossplay will not, it will be there. It won't be there at launch. It will be there soon after launch was basically the gist of his tweet. Which so. is fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. It's the fact that I feel like there's two camps when it comes to what they did with this. You're either in the camp of like, Hey, they got us super hyped for something and all they gave us was a shitty new trailer, you know? Not shitty, but I mean, you know, like, another another friggin' trailer. Yeah. And 
there's other people, such as myself, who are in the camp of, like, well, maybe y'all read a little bit too much into it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, I do feel that Gearbox could have gone about it differently. Like, if they wanted to release the trailer, they could have just released it, and it would have been fine. I feel like it was unnecessary to do the <clears throat> to do the post saying, you know, hey, come and check this out. It's a super cool thing. You know, just just have the premiere feature up on YouTube and then release it when you want to, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, However, I'm still, like I said, I'm still in the camp of they didn't say, oh my god, you guys are gonna be blown away, holy shit, you know? Like, they weren't just, they weren't blowing it out of proportion. We kind of did that to ourselves, I feel like. Which, you know, to be fair, I mean, that's just a product of the internet age, I feel like. Um, we're really, really good at doing that. The internet's oh, hell yeah, re- we are. The internet's really, really good at blowing small things way out of proportion, and they're also really, really good at thinking things are going to be absolutely awful when they turn out to be pretty good. Like I remember, like <laughs> this is yeah. a, this is a long time ago. Like this is a long time ago. But do you, did you remember reading any of the comments from like back in the day about? When Rob, uh, when Robert Downey Jr. got cast as Iron Man. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the internet was just a fire with people being like, "This is the worst. He's, there's no way he can play Tony Stark." Blah yeah. blah blah. <laughs> you know, and like mm-hmm. on the other hand, just super overhyping stuff that doesn't warrant it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. So either way, it is what it is. The trailer's really cool. Um, one thing I did want to talk to you about though. Um, and for, for those of you, um, well, obviously none of you guys are aware if you're listening to it, but like, you know, Drew and I, obviously we converse a little bit beforehand, everything like that. And I just had a thought when I was rewatching the trailer before we recorded this episode. And my thought was this, what, is with the consistent imagery of the roses. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. It's it's been a theme ever since the second what was it the second teaser trailer that had that everything was all white and they were scrolling through it all and everything. Like there mm-hmm. were a, a ton of roses in that. It's really I I don't know. I don't know if it's just a just a cool imagery thing that they're going for or if it ties in well to the cover because of the whole um you know uh, the the religious kind of thing that they've yeah. got going on with the cover i don't know but i'm gonna say it's got nothing to do with the game but there's <laughs> no, i'm just like i'm gonna take the safe road here and be like yeah it's it's got nothing to do with roses there's nothing to do with flowers and it's just a cool symbolic thing to, I don't know, to tie into the game. All right. Fair enough. So, what do you think? I personally think that it does have more to do with it than we're led to believe. Um, so I, I'm not sure how in-depth it goes, but I do think it is something, even, even if it is just the symbology of it, um, as far as... Because there may be something you mean there that symbolism, symbolism. Yes, you know what I mean. It's been. <laughs> a, look, I had several tornado warnings last night. And everything like that. It was a rough day. I like stood in like for an hour in in a Texas Roadhouse <laughs> bathroom because there was a tornado. There's a tornado watch happening or a tornado warning watch. 
whichever one tornadoes touch down in my neighborhood <laughs> like, yeah i mean where else so, could you ask to be besides the texas roadhouse bathroom during a tornado yes okay so <laughs> legitimately i i told i told i i texted drew i was like hey just to let you know there's tornado warning happening right now where i'm at and i'm at texas roadhouse if i go down let everyone know that my last act was eating a steak <laughs> And in true brotherly fashion, just I'm revealing this to you now. I'd be like, yeah, he was at Texas Roadhouse, but he was eating a salad. So <laughs> you, you would, I would, you jerk. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah. Uh, so the symbolism of it, uh, I think, goes deeper. And even if it's something as along the lines of a rose is pretty to look at, but it's got thorns. You know, not mm, to mm. not to get you know a terrible. 80s song stuck in your head but you know right 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 um but yeah no i i think it does have something to do with it more and i think we'll find out later so maybe it's just something as simple as like there's a character that dies and like as they're doing like the funeral or 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 memorial or whatever they're surrounded by roses maybe yes. something maybe it's something like that maybe who knows we don't know yet so anyway uh moving on um so Drew found this next story. I'm going to be honest, I haven't even read it yet. So <laughs> I'm going to let him cover this because all I'm seeing on my screen is a thing that says Borderlands 3 cover almost had a foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is an article uh, according to this is uh, from PC Gamer and it covers a, an exhibit that they did at uh, San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con. They had a whole huge thing called the Museum of Mayhem where they were showcasing uh, some of the game's rejected cover art. There was a cosplay contest, a bunch of other cool stuff. But anyways, and we'll link the uh, we'll link the article in the show notes and everything. But as most of you are familiar, I'm assuming, Borderlands 1 uh, on the cover has a psycho doing finger guns, you know, a single finger gun to its, to its temple. Borderlands 2, two finger guns to the, like, underneath its chin. The Borderlands, the Borderlands 3 cover that I'm looking at right now, similar, but now with a foot also pointing under the chin, which <laughs> Jeff and I actually kind of speculated that when we first heard about Borderlands 3. We're like, what is the, what do we do with 3? A foot? Like, we like if we all had that conversation, yeah. you know? Um, there's also, alter, I mean, so apparently that was the one that was in the running, you know, one of, like, one of the finalists along with the, um current you know actual cover art um so but there's other ones that show that they have on here like they show uh there's one that's really intriguing that has like three baby psychos on there two of them um uh yeah, breastfeeding yeah, at, and one yeah, of them not <laughs> and making like with like three fingers up and then um there's another one that has a psycho but instead of a normal head it's got a rocket launcher and just some real actually i really like this 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 other one here, it's what it shows is it says Borderlands, but the E is a three. That's a pretty simple one, and it's just a silhouette of a psycho doing finger guns, but it's got like three fingers pointed at its chin, and it implies that the psycho like blew its own brains out. But instead of seeing brains at the back of the head, you see guns and characters and stuff like that. It's it's and it's all done in a silhouette style. That style's wicked and pretty pretty classic looking. Yeah. Um but yeah, so we'll link the uh we'll link the article in there. You can check check all those out yourself. Um I'm really happy with 
the one that they went with, though. Yeah, I think because um, I'm looking at these now, I think of the ones that I'm seeing, honestly, the one with the foot is not bad. <laughs> like, no, it's really not. It does. The only my only issue with it is that it looks maybe too similar to Borderlands 2 cover. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, so again, it doesn't look bad. I think the thing with the foot is like it's. I mean, that's true Borderlands humor right there. It's just like, oh, for sure. You know, like, so, th- I mean, that's pretty like, good. Like, we're out of goddamn feet. Or yep. <laughs> we're out of goddamn hands. Might as well use a foot, you know? Right, exactly. So there's another one down lower, too, that's uh, similar, where um, it's got a it's got a psycho, and he's has his arm extended past the screen, or past the, the border of the picture. And um, then from yeah, it behind, implies that he's pointing a gun at somebody else. Yeah, and and then like uh, there's a hand coming from the other direction off frame, so it's like got three fingers pointed at the back of his head, and then it looks like you know the brain splattery kind of a thing that opens up into seeing the characters, kind of like we did have on um, you know on Borderlands Two on the Borderlands Two cover. So yeah, really interesting though. Uh, it's cool that they they went all out and showed all this information there. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know which one your favorite is, even if it's the even if it's the one that they actually ended up going with. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and then, and then uh, I also found this last story. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just gonna. It's a direct link right to the ESRB uh, ratings, the Entertainment Software Rating Board. Obviously, they've rated Borderlands Three as M for mature. Uh, 17 plus content. Descri- I'm just going to read through it quick. Content descriptors: blood and gore, intense violence, sexual themes, strong language, and other. Um, <clears throat> so I'm just going to. I know this is probably pretty boring sometimes, but I'm going to read through the rating summary. And there's some actually really cool stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, this is a first-person shooter in which players assume the role of a vault hunter, engaging in combat missions while traversing through planets on foot and in vehicles. Players explore new planets, interact with characters, and accept missions to kill specific enemies or obtain objects slash information. Players use pistols, machine guns, shotguns, grenade launchers, and explosives to kill enemies in frenetic combat. Battles are highlighted by realistic gameplay, cries of pain, and frequent blood splatter effects. Some weapons cause enemies to explode into blood sprays and body parts. Stylized environments depict further instances of violence and gore. Severed head on, he, heads on spikes. A human corpse on a spitfire. A giant grinder emitting body parts and blood. A birthday cake decorated with severed fingers. <laughs> the game contains some sexual material, mostly in the dialogue. Uh, examples include, Looks like someone won't be getting a pre-coital foot rub. <laughs> I wasn't always the smoking hot six-stroke sex engine I am today. Uh, I'm talking sex stuff. Two rounds if I've got the juice. <laughs> and uh, including uh, also uh, curse words such as... So we... Just quick sidebar. We've agreed... Jeff and I have a gentleman's agreement to not drop the F-bomb on here, much to my chagrin. But... Uh, hey, so there's the, sorry. the F-word in addition to shit and asshole appear in dialogue. So... Yeah. So, so <laughs> that's a lot more uh, sexual dialogue than has been in previous games, if I if I'm remembering correctly. I mean, we don't know. We don't know for sure that like all of these sexual things weren't 
said by Moxie or someone that she works with, though. Oh, yeah, that's that's a fair point. Okay, so if they're said by anyone, anybody besides Moxie, I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. But, like, somebody's... I can see... Okay, you know in Borderlands 2, when you first meet Marcus, and he shoots a guy in the knee? Yeah. <laughs> so, Looks like it works to me. <laughs> right, so yeah. what if they did a spin-off of that, and, like, some guy's at Moxie's, and when you first meet her in Borderlands 3, she shoots a guy in the foot... And she's, and that's when she says, looks like someone won't be getting a pre-coital foot rub. Nice. I like it. So, you know, without knowing too much about it, because we have, like, those, like, three specific phrases. You know, looks uh, looks looks like someone won't be getting a pre-coital foot rub. I wasn't always the smoking hot six-stroke engine I am today. I'm talking six-stroke sex, sex engine. Six-stroke sex engine. That's hard to say. Yeah, <laughs> so it is. I, I'm talking. I'm talking sex stuff. Two rounds if I've got the juice. All right. So I think that Moxie could totally say the first one. That sounds yes. like a Moxie line to me. Yep. So she could say the second one also. She could. Uh, I feel like just because of I don't know. I feel like maybe that's a little bit more of an Ellie kind of a thing, though. Mm, could be. I could be. I. You know who I'm hoping. I'm hoping that it's Brick. so because we know that there's going to be more uh dialogue from the characters too like from the actual player characters like i'm wondering if any of that uh i'm wondering if any of that comes up like because like just based off what we are some of the dialogue and stuff like that we've heard from zane as well like i could see him like maybe saying that during like part of a dialogue or something like that yeah yeah doesn't he doesn't he also have like a, a like a bit of an accent too like, doesn't he have, like, a Scottish accent or something I like that? I believe you're correct, yeah. He's so, got some kind of some kind of accent. Yeah. Some, and then, so, lastly, the the quote, I'm talking sex stuff two rounds if I've got the juice. That's totally a psycho saying that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking sex stuff two rounds if I've got the juice! You know? Like, that's exactly what's going on there. It's gotta be. I, w- I, would, I would think so, although... I could also see that really easy, easily being Crazy Earl as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. talking sex stuff. Two rounds if I got the juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but either way, we're yeah. talking either a psycho or a guy whose first name is Crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I just awesome. kind of see what they're uh, what they're going with there. Oh, yeah. So, uh, a little light on news this week, and that's what we got. But, uh... Yeah, that'll wrap it up. All those links are going to be in the show notes. So let's go ahead and move on to our main topic, which is ranking all of the bosses from the vanilla version of Borderlands 1. Yeah. Um, Just as a heads up, we the way we decided this. So we went through all of we went through the bosses that we have on here and we ranked them. We did a 10 scale on each of these and then we just averaged them out pretty easy. So we have their, their difficulty, their uniqueness, their rewards and an X factor X factor being anything additional that we thought was cool or that they deserve points for or anything like that. But note that everyone got at least something in every single category. There are no zeros in any category at all. So, yeah, it's a, it's a true one to ten scale. Um, mm-hmm. So even even the worst of the worst that have nothing special about them got a one in like X factor and stuff. Yeah. So um, so I think you guys will be excited. Um, no, no one got a perfect score. 
Also, we no, are nobody. Also, I also we are talking about. Uh, well, we'll we'll get we'll get to the end. There's something that we need to really discuss at the end. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, really, and, really interesting. So so um, you wanna you wanna go ahead and start off at the bottom here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So. So uh, the first, we're going to kind of group, uh, you're going to see this every now and then, but like, we're kind of going to group two of these enemies together, uh, because they are basically identical. And they are uh, Helab and Widowmaker, which are two spider ants that you're going to be fighting. Um, they got, let's see, are we going to do the combined score? Nah, uh, I, I mean... They're there. We have them listed separately because they're separate entities. So, you know, no, so but I, I mean, like, so like when we go through, when we say what a, uh, okay. So they come in tied at 25th or something like that. But anyways, their, their yeah. combined, their total score is seven. That's yeah. out of a possible 40. Okay. Yeah. So we're not going to go through every single number on every single category, but let's just say that they, uh, they each got, Two's in difficulty and one's in uniqueness and three in rewards and one in X factor. Yeah. Because and the only reason that they got threes in rewards is because they do have a loot pile. So that's not bad. It's that's fine. But the problem is that's just they're just slightly kind of big spider ants. There's yeah, there's nothing, nothing really interesting or cool about them. No. No, there's nothing really cool about them. They are just big spider ants, and and that's and that's what they are. So they're just kind of eh. I mean, it's anyone who's played the game for more than like you know a day knows how to fight a spider ant. You just you know get them to turn around and you shoot them in the butt, butt. Like right, right. <laughs> you know what? What shoot them in the butt? In the butt. So it's it's not it's not that difficult. For that reason, we just gave Helam and Widowmaker. We just you know gave them a tie. Um, so they're both uh, ranked at. Uh, so they're both ranked there at like 25th. So, um, yeah, it, there's nothing special about them. Uh, moving up to to get like a slightly further into this, the next one after that is going to be Queen Tarantella and King Arakob. Um, <laughs> also, more spider ants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the notes just across all four of these, for the record, we just have big, dumb spider ants because that's all they are. They're just big, dumb spider ants. Uh Queen Tarantella can be kind of difficult. Um, I mean, it's still a spider ant, but you know, both both of them, Queen Tarantella and King Arakob, they both hit a l- fairly hard for spider yeah. ants. Um, you know, so yeah, they're, but they but they telegraph their attacks pretty easily, and it's it's like not it, the problem with Queen Tarantella is that her I don't know how her her head, like sh- head armor shield thing, is yeah. wider than than an average spider ants. So you can't like shoot from the front to the ass. You, yeah. you legitimately have to go around her to get to the ass. Yeah. So um, you know, there's some again. You can get loot piles from them, everything like that. But again, it's it's nothing. It's nothing that fancy, you know. So I mean, you know, they might they they give. They tend to give slightly more loot than Helob and Widowmaker, but I mean, even then, it's not like you're guaranteed to get anything really good out of it. It's kind of kind of a bummer. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, so again, we're gonna highlight some of the we're gonna highlight some of their lowlights. Uh, they each got a one in uniqueness and ones in X factor. Yeah, so pretty. Yeah, 
pretty pretty rough. Not nothing cool, nothing interesting. Uh, yeah. that's about it for them. Let's go ahead and move up the list. Next, we have Master McCloud. Uh, Master McCloud, you fight as you're heading into the. Um, oh, I just had the name of the location on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Um. After you. Uh. After you're done with the uh, Iridium Fastness or the the Crimson. Yes. Fastness, yes. Sorry. Yes. So, yes. Um. So yeah, there's that big scene. Um. Where. Uh, you're lured in there by uh, Commandant Steel and everything like that. And, you know, she has Master McCloud fight you and everything like that. So, first of all, I want to be straight up honest about this. We gave him a lot more of an X Factor than we probably should have. Just because the name Master McCloud yeah. is actually pretty cool sounding. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, if... Honestly, if like someone had told me like you could you could have switched those and they still would have been good. Like if you had told me that like the main guy that you were chasing throughout this entire thing was named Master McCloud instead of Commandant Steel, I would have been totally on board with that too. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh he's got a he's got a total score of thirteen. Um five of those points coming from the X Factor of <laughs> Sick Name, bruh. Yes, yeah, sick that's, name, bruh. That's it. So he just comes out there, he's he fires at you with an Iridian weapon. Um, mm -hmm. That that can be annoying. Um, he drops an Iridian weapon as well, um, which oh, the Iridian, is the only the Iridian cannon, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is the only reason that he gets anything more than a one in rewards. Uh, but he does get a one in uniqueness because he's just a kind of. It, it's I wouldn't even put him on level with like a badass. You know, Crimson Lance. You know, no, uh, no. I mean, enemy. he. Yeah, I mean, he has a unique. He has a unique uh, head. Yeah, and that's it. You know, like there's nothing. Like there's nothing really fancy looking about him or anything like that. He's just, you know, I don't. Know, that's just kind of the way he is. So, um, you know, again, he doesn't have any any interesting movement or anything like that. I mean, the fact that he is one of the only bosses that uses an iridium cannon. I mean, that could be kind of considered cool, but honestly, like. You know, you stay far enough away, that's not hard to dodge. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, yeah, true story. Uh, to me, actually, more more difficult than Master McCloud himself is the two badass um, uh, landsmen uh, that come out with him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think I, I think I think I would agree with that, honestly. So, um, yeah. So but usually, if I'm if when I get to that part, I'll take out those guys first and then focus on him because he's less of a threat. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, not, you, not too You want to take, sorry, you want to take this next one and, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So interesting. This is so interesting. All right. So here's the thing is that our next one is a, is a boss. Yeah. We're, we're calling it a boss. Keep in mind when we say boss, we refer to pretty much any named thing more or less. Yeah. So, um, so this next one has a total score of 14. Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> they they got a perfect score in one of the areas. They got a perfect 10 in rewards. Um, the reason for that being is our next one is Slither. Uh, if you're not familiar with Slither, Slither is a, uh, is a unique boss that is a Scythid. Yeah. So the only reason we're giving it a 10 is for a couple of things. First of all, it has a chance to give you the dove after you kill it. And that's that's the reward, I think, that you get also is the dove, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so the, the quest reward from the mission is the dove. 
and after playthrough two, Slither has the chance to drop the dove. Right. So, so the dove is really cool. If you're familiar with the Infinity from Borderlands 2, the dove is basically that same thing. It's it's a repeater pistol that does not use ammo. That's right. really pretty cool. If you're running like a uh, so if you're running a Mordecai that's using pistol build, that's really really cool. And I'm gonna stop Jeff right now because <laughs> spoiler alert: our going going gun is on the dove. So we'll mm-hmm. talk. We'll, we will get more in depth about it there. Uh, just so you know, Slither got ones and twos on everything else, but a perfect ten in rewards. If it wasn't for the fact that that you'd get the dove, I think Slither would be at the bottom of the list. Pretty close to it, at least. It would it would be right there along the uh, the spider ants at the very least. Yeah, so, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, seriously, um, you know, it's it's a scythed, so it's not difficult. It's not unique. It literally, the only other thing it did not get a one in was the X factor. It got a two for that because it's the coloring of <laughs> Slither is actually kind of cool. It's like blue and gold, which yeah, is like, yeah. it's just like, it's, which is on- pretty neat. Like with all the other earth tone colored scythids, yeah. like having a blue one is pretty, I mean, like a, it's not just blue. It's friggin' blue. It is yeah. it's <laughs> like yeah. Boise state football field blue. Yeah. Really like super That's blue. A- that's a deep cut right there. <laughs> look it up. If you haven't, look it up. So, all right. Um, go ahead on the next one then. Yeah. So next one here we have Janus Cobb. Um, Janus Cobb came in at a total of seventeen points. Um, the only really really poor score was got a two in uniqueness because he's basically not any different than fighting a bandit. Yeah. Um, he is a little bit trickier to fight simply because of his special weapon, the Meat Grinder. Uh, the Meat Grinder is the loot that he is guaranteed to drop when you kill him. Gives you some extra... Um, that gave him some extra points in rewards. And then we give him uh, a few points in X-Factor, just because the story behind it is pretty cool. It's kind of interesting to have, you know, he took over this town, and, and his brother, and he kicked his brother out, and uh, his brother Taylor wanted to take over, so Taylor gives you the mission of going and killing him. It's 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 kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so the yeah the X factor on that is 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 pretty interesting. So um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, total of seventeen points for Taylor or sorry for Janus Cobb. Uh, mm-hmm. Next one up, Jeff. Yeah. So the next one that we have is One Eyed Jack. So you got a total of eighteen, so just one more point above Jane uh, Janus Cobb. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing here is that um, he more or less kind of averaged himself out roughly-ish. So um, right. anyway, so yeah, that's the interesting thing on that. So his his difficulty, all right, a little bit difficult. Uniqueness, not super unique. The rewards, though, are, um, you know, the rewards, decent. though. Yeah, decent. So he actually does mad have a chance. Decent. <laughs> mad decent. Mad decent. For the Mad Jack, <laughs> so exactly, yeah. So the Mad Jack is actually a pretty cool weapon. So it's you know it's uh, an explosive uh, revolver. It's pretty nice. The you know um, it has ricocheting bullets, which are actually really cool. And they do like the only thing is that they do like zigzags, which make it really hard to actually use. So it would be a better weapon, but for the fact that you have to like, like you really got to shove that thing up some dude's nose to like make sure yeah. you guarantee a hit. Yeah, so. which is fine, because typically when you're running, at least when I'm running specifically revolvers in this game, that's kind of what I'm doing anyway. Like, for like if you're doing a Mordecai, 
revolver build. I use it more as like a handheld shotgun, you know, like a one-handed shotgun, just in the face, pow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't bother me anyways. And same with brick, like because it because it it ties in well with brick's explosive tree. So. But the thing is that you're probably going to be pretty close to people anyways because that's Brick's playstyle. So the Mad Jack's totally decent, you know? Nothing mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, decent reward from uh, One-Eyed Jack. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so, yeah. Like I said, just because of, you know, just because of how, um, you know, One-Eyed Jack is, like, um, I don't know. He's just, he's kind of an interesting person. And, uh, that's why we decided to, that's why we decided to give him, uh, a little bit more for some of his stuff and everything like that. I mean, yes, he does look like just a basic psycho and everything like that, but his cool thing that we thought was really cool about him and why we decided to give him some more points and everything like that is that, um, you know, they're actually supplied by a source other than, uh, Marcus. Marcus, obviously, you know, he's like, like he's got his hands in like everyone's pockets and that's the thing. So it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a really interesting thing. And his story is really interesting that, you know, like I said, Marcus, you know, just, you know, Marcus I mean, just like gets Marcus upset. Marcus is like, like the, is basically like the sole supplier of all weaponry on Pandora. And this guy has the friggin' stones to subvert Marcus Kincaid and get his weapons elsewhere, which is apparently a big enough you know uh detriment to the market and everything that marcus has to put out a hit on this guy yeah you know, he's like he's like they're costing me a significant amount of money i can't have this it'd be better to have them dead yeah so like if if you're a threat to marcus like like you done messed up <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. that's, so that's so we gave him some extra points in uh in X Factor there just because of that, just because like he has the stones to take on Marcus Kincaid, you know, the, the weapon, the, the, what is, uh, what is that Nick Cage movie? God of war or whatever. Like, Oh yeah. He, yeah. Uh, where he's like a huge weapon supplier. Like Marcus is that, but to all of Pandora. So, mm-hmm. and this guy's like, yeah, I'm not having that. <laughs> so, and gets yeah. all of his weapons from Torg. Yeah. Even more badass. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, really interesting though, even though, you know, and even though you can't see it, you know, like the story is that he does only have one eye and that he lost it in a poker game, which is kind of bad. Yes. So yeah. anyway, so, so yeah, really kind of, a, like I said, uh, really interesting persona for him. So, uh, Drew, you want to take the next one? Yeah. So next here we have the Roid Rage Psycho, which you fight in, wow, I can't remember any environment names, but anyway, it's pretty early on in the story. You're looking for... Uh, the keys to access the uh, the mine area mm-hmm. uh, after leaving the arid badlands. So you gotta go and fight the Roid Rage Psycho. Pretty average scores across the board. Nothing super exciting. Nothing. I mean, nothing great. Nothing terrible. Just generally pretty average. Ended up tying with One Eyed Jack with a score of 18. Uh, got a couple extra points in X Factor because of the setting and the environment. When you're fighting the Roid Rage Psycho, it's like a like a cage match, like like you're in an like you're in the octagon or something like that. Yeah, really. Um, so the Psycho, the Roid Rage Psycho, um, got a few points dinged in uniqueness because it is literally just a big Psycho. Um, 
difficulty is pretty average because of the fact that you can pretty much just kite around the thing and just huck grenades at it and shoot and, and like, you know, throw a turret in the middle and, and, you know, keep it around there and it'll shoot at it. And it's really, really not a super difficult, difficult fight no. until you need to, like, reload or stop moving for any reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it does get a little bit more difficult at that point. And you do have, I mean, you do have some of the uh, midget psychos running around and everything like that. And that can be kind of a pain too, but I mean, they're they're They should be on level with you. So they're not that difficult, but, uh, but yeah, you know, like the, like it is kind of a cage match. The lights are all blinking, everything like that. There's like some red lighting in there too. It's, it's really interesting. So it is kind of dark and creepy. And, and the fact that it's just this one, gigantic psycho that just has all these other midget psychos around is really weird you know <laughs> like, yeah it's it's just a really interesting uh unique uh environment and setting um also just super badass that the keys that you get are fingers that's yeah, just sick i don't know how is. that i mean it's it like they get sc- you scan the fingers to to have access and everything that's fun um you get a decent amount of loot nothing nothing named uh, or nothing unique or anything like that, but but a decent pile of, of stuff around after you kill the Roid Rage Psycho. Yeah. So and yeah, and then even though it's not technically from him, you know, you get you know usually like the the midgets will drop like a thing or two or whatever. So by the time you're done in that arena specifically, you do you do end up getting a fair amount of loot. You know. Yeah, it's still con- like fighting the midgets is still considered part of the boss fight to us. So yeah. uh, <laughs> this I love how this lined up. <sighs> so this is. Jeff's soapbox, uh, <laughs> soapbox boss. Okay. Uh, Jeff, take it away. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So Mad Mel, he's a thing. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Cow. I cannot stand Mad Mel. First of all, he, he almost perfectly averaged out himself, which is the really interesting thing. So, so man, actually he did average out himself like entirely. Yeah, he's the, he's the, the only perfectly average, uh, enemy in the game coming in with a score of 20 out of a possible 40. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't like to go through the numbers of every single one because just hearing the numbers are boring, but it's, I feel that it is important for you to understand this. <laughs> so... Mad Mel gets an eight in difficulty. Anyone who's tried fighting Mad Mel knows how much of a pain it is to fight this dude. It's just so annoying. Especially solo. Like it's already yeah. difficult enough, like with multiple people, but solo is incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so fighting him, um, you know, for difficulty we gave him an eight. For uniqueness, we gave him a ten. This is literally the only vehicle boss in the vanilla game at all. The fact mm-hmm. that he also has this sick thing that looks like a runner, but it's like an old like steam engine train looking thing. <laughs> That's actually really, really cool. The the, <laughs> the the problem is the problem is is that A, he got a one in rewards. Okay. He doesn't give you anything. He gives <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> you get you get to you get access to the rest of the game. That is what you get. <laughs> that yep. is your reward. Yep. Okay. Just but isn't awful. that its own reward, Jeff? No, it's not. <laughs> no. Man. No. Like <laughs> it is it is not, alright? So it's it's also not the friends we made along the way. <laughs> so fine. So the X Factor, we also just gave him a one, just because he's 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 the worst. You guys, he's the worst. <laughs> like he's just the worst. <laughs> it's uh, so bad. It's yeah, because like here's the thing. 
the intention is that you've been running around in, uh, you know, you've been running around fighting stuff in runners the entire time, which is difficult enough to do. Like, it's hard to fight things in the runners, okay? It's kind of difficult. Like, the gameplay was geared towards being on foot and shooting with guns, and it excels at that, especially for the time that it was made. It does not excel at... It does not excel at vehicle-to-vehicle combat. It doesn't even excel at vehicle-to-anything combat when you're in a vehicle. So Yeah, that's th- true. It is... It is- like quick sidebar, it kind of sucks to be able to hit something and kill it instantly, regardless of size. Yeah, you know, so you either do that, and then you're like, and you get like garbage XP for doing that because it takes away a substantial amount of your XP for doing it, or you fight them with a the gun, which still takes away your XP and is difficult to do because if you're slightly off, it won't do that, or you can track them, which is still hard to do. But mm-hmm. like the whole thing, and then so it wants you to fight this guy in a vehicle but there's like three other vehicles going around at the same time. And there's things that are on foot and he does so much more damage to you. And it's hard to turn in that thing. Like it's hard to use the runners. It's really difficult to use them. So you either do that or once it blows up and then you got to go back to the beginning of the fight again. And then you stand up there on the ledge, like every one of us did. And you just shoot at him from a distance, which is still hard because there's still bullet travel time so you got to lead your shot and if you don't then you're not going to hit him and if you get too far up there then he's just going to shoot at you and like two of his rockets will take you out so it's just the worst it is literally the worst (laughs) this is the best so far the best soapboxy style rants we've had on the show so far easily by far uh so anyways average score of 20 for uh for mad mel no loots it's it just just sucks overall. So. Look, look here, real quick. Okay, you want to know? So think about this. The only they have there been other vehicle boss fights in the Borderlands franchise since then. Yes, have they been prominent? No, not in no. any way, shape, or form. And when they made them, they made them so that they were easily doable on foot. In fact, when you go and fight Motor Mama in the second game it cuts you off so you can't actually even do it in a vehicle at all. Right, right. So, it's the worst, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, next on the list we have Bleeder, which is a unique scythed that you fight to clear out of a... Uh, if, I believe the premise of the mission is a guy buys a house, but there's a gross scythed in there. And, as the name implies, it flies and it bleeds, so... That's why it got anything more than a one in X Factor. Um, it's really disgusting looking. <laughs> it's really it. it just kind of grosses. Like there's a lot of blood and gore in this game, but even but seeing that thing, you're just like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, get some points for uniqueness because it flies constantly. Other scythids cannot fly indefinitely, but Bleeder can for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Bleeder comes in with a total amount, a total of twenty one points. Uh, comes, uh, let's see, the loot that you get from the mission uh, killing it is the Nailer, which is a uh, pretty decent uh, sniper rifle made by Dahl. It's it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's not a not a bad reward. And then there's a decent uh, little loot pool, I believe, as well when you kill yeah. Bleeder. So yeah, not bad. Yep, yep. It does have a it does have an occasional drop from him. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's, it's main thing is just that it has, you know, the red flavor text is just that it has slightly increased damage and it's semi-automatic. So, um, you know, uh, as you can find on the wiki, the nailer, it has its parts restrictions, you know, prevent it from being really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So, kind so of but anyway, so, uh, so Bleeder's slightly better than Mad Mel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you can take the next one here. All right. So the next one is uh, a very early one that I think we all probably know and love, which is uh, which is Scar. So Scar is actually tied with Bleeder. Um, you know, we gave him a five uh, for difficulty. Um, that's kind of his his at where he averaged out at. Like I said, twenty one, so a little bit better than average. But that's the main thing is that um, Scar is not difficult. Um, he's not too difficult. But the night the thing is is that he is when you first play through the game like scar is like kind of a task honestly like the first time you go to fight him yeah so so, uh, so what we mean here is not first playthrough but like when you first start playing borderlands and you go to fight scar you got to you better be loaded for bear you know what i mean like yeah, really. it's it's kind of a difficult fight once you have played through the games as many times as we have you know keep your distance you know, shoot him in the mouth. Sh- right, yeah. right, and then he becomes significantly easier. Um, yeah, the uh, the interesting thing is actually where he got most of his points was X Factor, and that's because of the story and the lore that's around him. You'll see that a lot. I know it might be kind of, you know, to some of you guys it might seem kind of like cheating or whatever, but like we like we like lore and we like story and everything. And uh, to those of you that have played through Borderlands Two and everything like that, you'll also know that. Um, You'll also know that um, Scar is responsible for the death of TK Baja's wife, and then he goes back to get his vengeance, and is also responsible for blinding him and his missing leg. Like, that's... yeah, now the missing leg thing is the only thing we know about in in Borderlands One. But like, when you go and listen to the recordings and everything in Borderlands Two, it's you know, <laughs> big Scar name or big Skag named Scar killed. What is his wife's name? I don't even Marian. remember. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's Marion. So, and then he goes back for his vengeance. And it's, Scar blinded me and ate my leg. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's the whole so thing. so good. So, I can't believe I didn't see this sooner, but, like, messing around looking on the wiki and stuff like that, too. This is, um, this is actually, uh, the story of Moby Dick. Because. Oh! Yeah, it, t- it takes yeah. his leg, you know, it's like the one thing that he wants killed and everything like that. Here's the thing, is like, I can't believe this, but even Baja spelled backwards is Ahab. Holy crap! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> game's, yeah, game's been out for years, and you and I are just now realizing this, so... <laughs> I feel well, like... I feel like we almost need to give him, like, more points for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Like, I... Su- and I all of a sudden feel super unqualified to be hosting this podcast now. <laughs> mm. But, uh, so yeah, so Scar has 21 points, uh, ties with Bleeder, and then also our next one, which is, sorry, did you have anything else on Scar, or are you good? Um, no, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, we might have been a little bit, it might have sounded like we were being a little bit easygoing on Scar, as opposed to, like, some of the spider ants. Look, the reason is school, is school, school, (laughs) Scar (laughs) has a really... Yeah, he's a skag, we get it. But he's got some cool design features. He's got, like, the sword and the knife sticking out of him and the psycho buzz axe and everything like that. Like, it does speak to, you know, it's like, oh, this is this is legitimately a badass skag. You know, not like a yeah. badass skag, but a badass skag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true story. All right, so, uh, like we said, Bleeder and Scar both tied with our next entry, uh, Bonehead. Bonehead we are also all familiar with. Um, you fight early on. And uh, Bonehead is got a lot of 
Bonehead got a lot of points in difficulty and rewards, uh, less so in uniqueness and X-Factor. Um, the uniqueness, it just... He's just another psycho, you know, in, in our opinion. Um, nothing... Or, or bandit or whatever, and there's just nothing crazy about him. Uh, difficulty. Bonehead's friggin' hard when you're fighting him on level. Or yeah, slightly for... under level. Yeah. Really difficult. It's like... There's been many a times when I've been playing through, and I'll be... And I'll get to his mission at, like, level 8 or 9 or whatever. And he's, I think, like, level 10 or 11 or something like that. And I legitimately need to go and do other things and level up before I go and fight Bonehead. Yeah. So. And, yeah. uh, got extra points and rewards because you get the Bone Shredder, which is a really, really pretty fantastic uh, little SMG uh, that is a uh, double anarchy SMG or something like that, right? Yeah. So the, you know, and the nice thing about it is that early, um, pretty much early in the game, when you get to that point, the only thing that you really need to worry about is you're just trying to do more damage because you're not really specking into anything super specific yet. So if you have like any low level skill that boosts uh, weapon damage or bullet damage or gun damage or anything like that, this is going to be something that you're going to be able to carry with you for, for, for a little ways and make some good use out of it. So. Yeah, so much so, in fact, that uh, speedrunners have been known to run uh, to look for um, specific builds of the Bone Shredder in, in order to uh, quickly progress through the game. So it's a really, it's a really interesting weapon, um, really pretty great weapon, and like Jeff said, if you're, if you're firing bullets, you probably want the Bone Shredder, at least for a little while. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So... Uh, anyway, this takes us on to our um, takes us on to our next one, which is going to be uh, Reaver. So, um, so Reaver um, is tied with both Scar and, or nope. uh, sorry, uh, Reaver is actually uh, uh, a little bit higher than them. He's got twenty three. The the last three have gotten a twenty one. So we so we're starting to get up there a little bit now. So. Um, you know, he's really not that difficult. I mean, he has a sniper rifle, so he can do some decent damage to you and everything like that. Um, he's got a lot of other enemies around him because he's in Krom's Canyon and everything like that. I think there's usually also at least one, like, uh, badass bruiser or psycho or something like that that usually spawns in that area. Yeah, that, that, makes sounds, it kind of that sounds right. Yeah, that makes it kind of difficult. And then there's a lot of smaller ones, too. And the thing is, is that they make it so that there's kind of a hallway, you know, made of the canyon to kind of, you know, to kind of get to him. And so he can he can do some decent damage against you. Uh, it's not super difficult. Um, you know, again, you know, it's it's reused assets, so not terribly unique. Um, the there's a couple of really interesting things, though, which is that um, we actually where he scored most of his points was in the rewards because he does give the reaver's edge, which is, um, which is pretty cool. I, it's got, uh, you know, it's a standard, uh, sniper rifle. Um, and you know, as far as damage and everything like that goes, but the really nice thing is that it has a super long zoom, super mm -hmm. long. So there's only one other gun in the game that has more and it's the Cyclops. So, um, really difficult to use it close range, but, um, you know, it's nice to be able to hit things from like way over there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Using nice. the, uh, using the reaver's edge, for example, to kill Krom pretty handy. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty, really handy. Pretty so, handy. Yeah, so if you go and do that before killing Krom, it actually really, really helps. So kind of, kind of a nice thing there, especially given the area that you get it in, you know, and you can carry that for a little while. So, um, so yeah, uh, it's um, the thing that we liked about Reaver and why he got most of his points though is just because he um, he actually as part of uh, Krom's gang, and the way that he did that was um, he was by um, killing his adoptive father. Yeah. So, which is, you know, which is, you know, pretty messed up. So, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun story to go through. And if you really, it's, it's one of those things where I, I did the quest several times, you know, playing the game over and over. And then one time I actually stopped and actually like read the quest. I was like, oh, wow, this is actually, yeah, this is actually, um, you know, pretty dark. So, yeah, yeah. It's uh, pretty messed up if you, uh, if you pay attention to the story. Like like we said, we're big lore and story nerds, so he got a perfect ten in X Factor for that. It's it is you almost feel bad for the guy, you know, when you're killing him. Because mm-hmm. it's like you clearly have severe issues that need to be worked out. But instead we're just gonna end you, you know? We're just gonna yeah. off you and take your sweet ass gun. Yeah. Thanks, much. bye. Yep. Pretty much. So <laughs> Alright, so uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it for Reaver. Coming up next at 26 points, we have King Wee Wee. King Wee Wee is one of my favorite bosses in the game, simply because he's the only midget that you fight in the game that is a boss. Um, he's a unique character model, he's got a crown, uh, he's just he's just cool. Um, got, got most of his points in uniqueness and rewards. Uh, uniqueness, just like I said, really interesting um, setup there. Uh, rewards drops King Wee Wee's super booster, really great uh, health regenerative shield. Probably one of my favorite shields in the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, and it also, yeah, it increases your health by 15% right off the bat, and then it regenerates it really quick. Uh, to give an example, it's similar to if you had another shield that had the very quick health regeneration perk on it. Yeah. Yeah. Which are stupid, hard to find. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's better are. off just King and K- King Wee Wee and taking the super booster. Uh, and then averaged out with a, you know, with a middle of the road score of five in X factor. Um, he's got a sweet ground and he's a bandit King. That's just super cool. Uh, oh, also not to be overlooked when it comes to rewards for King Wee Wee. Uh, there is a, he has a red chest in his, Apartment? What do you even call that thing? <laughs> in his domicile. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is hovel. I mean, yeah. it's a little. <laughs> it's it's literally like a. Um, oh, what are those things called? Anyway, it's like a shack. It's like a shipping gonna, container, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just so. kind of stashed away there. Um, he actually ended up doing better than I expected, um, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised considering he. It's a guaranteed drop of the super booster, and uh, and he's just a cool little dude. So uh, yeah. next. Perfect. One of Jeff's favorite bosses in the game. Yeah, actually, I think it's probably one of uh, both of our favorite bosses in the game. Oh, agreed. So um, our next one that we have up is uh, with a score of 27 is Baron Flint. Um, you know, you get towards the end of the game, you, you run into Baron Flint. Another one that got a perfect 10 score. We gave him, again, a perfect 10 in the X Factor. The reason being is that um, we gave him uh, we gave him that for both the story 
and for the um, and for the things that he says. So um, I don't know. Like we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of guys that we actually fight in the game that you actually hear the dialogue from. Um, you know, and he's just like, he's just like so cool and calm and collected about who he is as a, like a bandit King at this point that it's really interesting. But like I said, he has some really interesting stuff that he tells you as you're, cause the area where you're actually going to, um, to fight him was at the salt flats or whatever it is. Yeah. The salt um, flats. Anyway. So where you go to fight him, it's like the entire time it takes so long to actually get to you, to him. And he's saying stuff the entire time. Like, um, you know, like one of the things he says to you is, uh, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try and talk like him. It's going to be difficult for me. No, don't even, Drew's, Drew's, Drew's give me a hard no on that. So no, we're no, just no. With no, I'll take so, it. I can, I, I'm, I can, I, th- I, was, I feel like I can do a decent. So I was looking at, I was looking at the second in game quote from him. Oh, okay. So, um, Oh, see, I was actually looking at like the last two because there's some of my go for, actually, go for it, then. the last three. So yeah, like I think my favorite from him, from him is, a guest, please make yourself at home. My men will be with you shortly. Never let it be said that the great Baron Flint is short on hospitality. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it it's, is. It's so. This is going to be a super deep cut, but the few people who get this reference are going to be super stoked to hear it. If any of you have ever watched uh, <laughs> the Adventures of Briscoe County Junior. Oh okay. yes, <laughs> <laughs> there is so good. There is a recurring um, character in the series whose name is Pete, and Pete is Pete and Baron Flint have a, have very similar speech patterns and 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 uh, and quirks and everything. And just so like that's all you got to do if you want to do a Baron Flint impression is just just imitate Pete from uh, from Briscoe County Junior. Check out that series. Hella yeah. good. Yeah. Do those uh do those other two quotes, the ones before that real quick. Because yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're both okay. really well written as well. Yeah, so there's You've come. Excellent. I've been looking forward to this. My men are impatient. But I shall savor this until your blood has soaked the sand and your carcass is nothing but food for rack. Come get some. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, <laughs> finally there's I see you've beaten a path to my door. How could I turn you away when you're so doggedly eager for death? Do come in. Enter my humble abode. <laughs> Fantastic. So good. Fantastic. <laughs> Perfect 10 in X Factor for Baron Flint. Just because he's the, like, best, classiest shit talker in the game. He really is. You know, like, everyone else in the game. Like, you've been hearing, like, this, like you've been hearing like this and, and that's the point. I get it. You've been hearing like this, like super low IQ bandit speech the entire time. You just like, by, by the time you've gotten to Baron Flint, like, you know, 5,000 times you've heard, you look going to get shot. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And him, it's like, it feels like a legit, like this has been building to something. We've got a real boss that we're taking on here. This guy knows what he's doing. He's got some intelligence, it makes a lot of sense his setup, the super tall thing that you gotta climb all the way, and he's got he's got a pair of badass dudes that you gotta fight at the bottom and everything. Mm-hmm. It's overall just great, really well set up, really well done. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here, and maybe we're just now maybe we're the ones to discover this. All right, so Drew, uh, 
can you tell me who played Briscoe County Jr.? Oh, yeah, it was uh, Bruce Campbell. Okay. What is the gun that uh, Baron Flint drops? Uh, it's the... Oh, my God. Oh, it's the boomstick. Oh! That's yeah! <laughs> Holy cow! Okay, so quick... Okay, so the boomstick is a... It's a reference to the Evil Dead movies. Uh, there's yeah. a... <laughs> uh... It's a shotgun that he's... I believe it's... A, no, it's not attached to him. The chainsaw's attached to his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, so the boomstick is is Ash's shotgun. Um, I believe at the beginning of the third movie, he goes, goes and this is my boomstick! And he, like, cuts <laughs> yeah. in the air. Anyways, so yeah. Um, Briska, or, uh, Bruce Campbell played... Ash in the Evil Dead movies wielded the boomstick. Bruce Campbell played Briscoe County Jr. And as I alluded to earlier, uh, Pete in the Briscoe County series has a very similar speech pattern and everything to Baron Flint. So maybe we're maybe we're reading way too much into that, but if there's definitely a possibility. There's definitely a possibility. We're gonna I may make that a goal now to like look for that story. I might have to I might have to I might have to finally actually see if I can try getting in touch with the Borderlands writers and right, see if I right. can find out. Be like, just uh, be like, hey, hey guys, just real quick question. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so. Quick sidebar: He was voiced by uh, a guy named Ian Sinclair, who did not play Pete in Briscoe County Junior. <laughs> okay, so at least that's that mystery solved. But still, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's not the exact same guy, but it sounds similar enough to where it's good. So yeah. So that dude has done a lot of anime voices, though. Holy smokes! Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of crossover between the Borderlands series and anime or just, you know, video games and anime in general. Anyway, moving on, because we spent a lot of time on Baron Flint at this point. Because so. he's awesome. Oh, that same awesome. dude did the voice of uh, Jimbo Hodunk. Oh, that's fun. So anyway, uh, so next coming up, we uh, tied with Baron Flint, and I'm sure people will appreciate this, is uh, Sledge. So... Sledge uh, did not get a perfect score anywhere, uh, unlike Baron Flint, but um, Sledge did have some higher scoring numbers. Uh, so he also got a 27. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So he he does get an 8 for difficulty because in the small arena and everything like that, he has this huge shield. Okay, that's enough of a pain already. But the damage that his hammer does is really difficult. And the fact that he can launch you both with his, you know, both with his hammer and with his shotgun, both is really, you know, it's kind of a pain, you know, it's hard to deal with and everything like that. So, yeah, it's, it's super, super difficult. Um, I mean, it's another one of those ones where like the fight is significantly easier once you've done it as many times as we have, because sledge has that big, big ass shield and you just know going into that area load up on shocky weapons you know yeah. it's make <laughs> yeah, sure really. you've got a shock grenade and a shock shot like get all the shock stuff that you can get and just to get rid of that shield at first and then switch to your primary you know real big doing damage weapons and stuff yeah yeah absolutely so not not too bad there but i mean it's difficult enough especially it is really tough too when you're you know doing it on single player i will say 
So, um, yeah, agreed. Kind because of like there. you've, your main focus is on him and then there's still little, his minions and everything running around you trying to take you out with normal weapons. And there's like three or four of them. I think that's, that can make it tricky, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, uniqueness, uh, he's a bandit, but I mean, he's not like any other bandit in the game, you know, that was his other really high scoring area. So, um, you know, he's got a really unique look. He actually does get his own splash screen and everything like that. He's got the sick hammer. He's got the sick helmet, you know, um, he's got that little bit of dialogue that he does when, you know, you come in everything like that. He's like, make, make sledge angry, you know, yeah. <laughs> Just all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, you know, the fact that he also rose to where he did as far as like a bandit King when there's, you know, you know, definitely something going on there. Oh actually, yeah, for sure. It's actually pretty cool. Like I just imagine that like when like he just like wandered out from somewhere and it was just like this mine now. Bah! You know? Like, yeah, just, like, I mean it's it's the fact that he's we have listed in the notes here that he's just a big meathead, but he's the he's the ruler of the entire Badlands. Yeah. So which is super impressive. Yeah. Like it's been building to this one guy the whole time. And then once you kill him, then you get entrance to the Dull Headland. Like, you show up on the planet, and they're like, yo, you can't leave this area or progress or go anywhere or anything else because this is the biggest threat in the entire Badlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you, and then you finally see this guy, and you're like, oh, this is the kind of... It gives you an idea of the kind of world that you're in because literally he ha- he's, not, he's not intelligent hardly at all. No. But he's just big enough and angry enough and, you know, willing to kill enough that he, like, controls this whole area. So. Dude must do a lot of, uh... Oh, God, I just lost the word. Of uh-huh. delegating. Like, <laughs> like, like, Sledge is not a brilliant man, but he knows how to hire and delegate, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. You can do that, you can do anything. So Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Obviously, for his rewards, you know, we gave him a little bit there, too, because you do get Sledge's shotgun, which it's a mixed bag with Sledge's shotgun. We'll be honest about that. So, yeah, it's not for everybody. Uh, it's not for everybody, but it can be made really, really useful. And honestly, if if you get that thing, like I said, it just up in somebody's face, you're going to do some heavy damage. And honestly, as long as we've talked about a little bit, one of the funnest things to do is just to keep Sledge's shotgun for a hot minute and just keep it all the way to get to Baron Flint, because then you could use it to launch Baron Flint off the edge of his tower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's good times. Because um, so. he just goes, wah! Yeah. Off he goes. Um, anyway, so... Have you noticed a, a quick sidebar? Have you noticed a similarity between some of those weapons? Like, like a unique weapon, if it's not great, it's still pretty friggin' good if you just shove it in a dude's face. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they, they all have the unique, like... Spreading out and doing weird things. Like, TK's wave, not great. Get up in a dude's face, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, the one-eyed yep. Jack, or the, the mad Jack, not great. Put it in a dude's face, you know? Oh, yeah, so absolutely. Any, any weapon can be made good in Borderlands if you just stick it in a man's face. Absolutely. So. Except for uh, combat rifles. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyways. All right, mo- moving along. Uh, so, Drew, you want to take our, our next one? Yeah, so the next one we have is Rakanishu. Um, Rakanishu is one that you're going to encounter. You have... So, okay. <laughs> I really dig Rakanishu. We gave... Uh, it, it, Rakanishu has decent scores across the board. Um, the lowest being in uniqueness because it is simply a large rack. It's like if you took a badass rack and then stretched it out like 20% maybe. Yeah. So... 
nothing nothing crazy. It is difficult because it does shoot the uh, it's it's like fireballs or explosives or something like that. Fireballs, kind of pain, yeah. Kind of a pain in the ass. Um, rewards are mad decent though because it's guaranteed to drop the cracked sash, which is a really cool little uh, shield. It's it's again one of my favorites. The named the named shields in Borderlands One, most of the time are pretty good. Between like the cracked sash and the super booster and and yeah. shit like that, really pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and then Rakinishu, uh, I know I know that I said that uniqueness is not anything great, but so you're gonna be surprised to hear that they get a higher score in X Factor than uniqueness simply because you have no idea that's coming. Like, yeah, yeah. The first time just, you see him, <laughs> he's just out of nowhere. Right, so. you're just running around collecting these, collecting uh, journal uh, echo journal entries for Tannis, and then surprise, mother Raka, like it's there. <laughs> you know, perfect. And you're like, what yeah. is this shit? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, between that and and getting the cracked sash and everything like that, for those of you that don't know, you may have seen this drop and just not realized that it was a special thing because it doesn't actually have any red flavor text to it. Yeah. Um, the nice thing is that. It has a crazy fast recharge. Uh, you know, um, it's recharge. Uh, it recharges in uh, less than a second. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, yeah. So, uh, so it's really, really cool for that. Um, you know, and um, so, yeah, you know, at higher levels, you can drop higher versions of it and everything like that. And it has a shorter recharge delay and a higher uh, and a higher uh, and rate than, or sorry, has a shorter recharge delay and rate than any other shield. So, um, yeah. And there's no, you know, it's, it's just cool. You know, it's super cool. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that's pretty know. much, that's pretty much all there is on wreck and issue really. Yeah. So moving up and I, you know, we didn't really intend this, but this one's a tie as well. We actually have a tie for the other big rack in the game, moth rack. So, mm-hmm. um, Cal, I have died so many times to this thing. <laughs> so, yeah. If you, if you don't know the strats for fighting Mothrak, it's really really difficult. Um, so is he just a big rack? Yeah, but I mean, yes. <laughs> well, yes, but actually no. Uh, <laughs> so right. He he's a big rack, but I mean, when we say big, I mean we're huge, like yeah, gargantuan. Uh, yeah, we're talking like. One of the few, like, colossal-style enemies in the game. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just really, really big um, and scary that way. The The tough thing, too, is that because of how high up he is and everything like that, he's, he's also really tough to deal with um, because it's hard to land hits on him. So the difficulty is really there. Uh, honestly, you know, even now it still takes me a while to actually kill him just because my preferred method is when he's shooting stuff at you, which is again, really, really cool. You know, like he shoots what he shoots fire. And I think, doesn't he also do a lightning attack or something like that too? Maybe. I don't, I don't think that there's any lightning. I think it's just all fire, but okay. Either way, you know, like he, he, my preferred method is to get underneath like the carport and just like pop out and shoot him when I can. Yeah. That's (laughs) it. <laughs> so that's, that's about do. yeah. So that's about the easiest way that you can do it and everything like that. It's it's still really difficult. Yeah, so. quick. I mean, like I said, we're not going over a ton of numbers, but just so you know, Mothrak gets a perfect ten in difficulty and uniqueness. Yeah, um, 
And and you're like, well, you just gave Raganishu a six in uniqueness because it's just a big wreck. Okay, yeah, but Mothrax, goddamn massive, and has that really unique fire attack and and, and the just coloring. The fact that it's, yeah, yeah, the coloring and it's super high, and you gotta lure it in with these flames, which is hilarious. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> so that's that's kind of where we're at with Mothrak. Uh, you and. Decent little uh, reward as far as completing the mission is uh, you get the blister, mm-hmm. which yep. is a pretty decent little shotgun. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be upset about getting the blister, you know. Yeah, uh, the corrosive damage that it does comes in handy. So, um, yeah, and and yeah. you get a decent amount of a, amount of loot from killing Mothrak also. So yeah, the the only the only thing that's a pain is that because of how big it is and how high up it is, it spreads its loot everywhere, which is yeah, kind of annoying. Yeah, it does suck. It's like spreading salt from way up here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. shit just goes over. All right, uh, next up on the list we have Mo and Marley. Mo and Marley also tied with Mothrak and Rakanishu, coming in at twenty eight points. Uh, they get a ten in difficulty because they are both essentially. Badass skags, but badder, and they're both elemental. And it just the elemental pairing works perfectly because one strips your shield and the other burns your flesh. Big, big, big pain in the balls. Um, not to not to mention that they can spawn with like other stuff with like spitter skags that also do like corrosive and stuff. Right, like that. right. And there's always like whenever I'm fighting Mo and Marley, it's I try to have the area that I'm fighting in be as small as possible. Because if you start to run around too much, you're just going to spawn more and more skags. Which, yep. admittedly, can be handy. Like, sometimes I'll do that intentionally. If I'm getting pretty low on health and I know I'm going to go into fight for your life mode, you'll go and you'll spawn a few smaller skags intentionally because they're going to be an easier kill, typically, than yeah. than trying to take out uh, one of the bigger... than trying to take out Mo or Marley. So, um... Perfect 10 in difficulty. Uh, yeah. Uniqueness. Between, Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, just between the environment and what the creature typing and everything like that, they're they're really, really difficult. I mean, even at, you know, even at, even at, even when you're like, know what you're doing and everything like that, it's just, it's hard to find a good method to like solidly kill them quickly, you know? Yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean, like I said, you and I have developed pretty rock solid you know, strategies and everything for killing, you know, for killing Sledge and for killing, you know, um, Scar and everything and, and the Roid Rage Psycho. and everything, yeah. Right, right. Mo and Marley. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, it's just super tough. So. Yeah. Uh, one of the only perfect 10s actually on the difficulty uh, for... For all the all the I mean, it's just the only perfect tense and difficulty: Mo and Marley and Mothrak. That's it. Those yeah, are the that's only it. Two. So, but yeah, no. So it's it's really interesting that way. Um, you know, at, still at the end of the day, um, the reason they're as lowly scored as they are is just because they're still just skags. They're not much different from they're not much different from a badass fire skag or a badass uh, you know badass shock skag. Yo, right, so. right. The only reason they got uh, an eight in uniqueness is because, is because they're there's two of them and they're always elemental, you know, and that just they makes always, the fight more interesting. 
yeah, they always, yeah, they're always elemental. They work together like really well and everything like that. And the environment that they're in makes it even more difficult to do that. So, right. I mean, as far as named enemies goes, it's only them and, uh, and Hans and Franz, which are, which are like a duo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, and, um, two of the spider ants, you know, oh, right, the spider right, ants yes. as well, but still, you know, like those don't yeah. count because they're at the bottom of the list. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, moving on up, uh, we have to the east the ne- side, to the east side. The next one we have is, uh, the rack hive. So, um, again, no, no perfect scores in here, but you know, a lot of really interesting things. So, um, a couple of things in it, like are the fact that it's, we gave it a lot for the X factor. That was that was one of its high scoring areas just because the first time you see this thing, it's like you've seen where racks come out of before you've seen like these, you know, like mounds where the, you know, with the holes and everything like that. And you're like, Oh, okay. That's just where they come out of. And then all of a sudden you see one get up and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Shit just got real. Yeah. You know, so it's really interesting to, it's really interesting to see that. And the first time you see it, it's really cool and everything like that. And the fact that you know you you know that something crazy is about to happen because Angel tells you that. She's like, this is going to be your most difficult challenge that you've faced so far. And then you see this thing, and you're like, oh, man, you know. And it's just huge. So To be fair, that woman says that like six, seven times throughout the course of the game. But it's always true in the story. <laughs> like, <laughs> because that's how video games work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware. But I mean, like... Fine, fair enough, but still, my point still stands. <laughs> it is, so. it is super, it is, it's, it's pretty difficult at that point. Well, okay, wait, actually, she says it's your most difficult task yet. Is it really, though? We give it a six in difficulty, and we give, we give Sledge an eight. Yeah, that's true, but it does, it has that appearance to it, though. It looks uh, like it. Yeah, because, so, like, going back to the thing about Mothrak, uh, Mothrak and the Rakhive are two of the only colossal enemies in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they look like they're gonna mess you up. They look like they're about to wreck your day. They're, they're yeah. about to end. They're about to end this man's whole career. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, like so. it's both of them. It's if it wasn't for the fact that Mothrak, like, I mean, if if physics actually worked in the Borderlands world, <laughs> if Mothrak landed on you, you're dead. If if the Rakhive just like kicks its own legs out from under it, you're probably dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if, it if looks not, even if it doesn't like directly crush you, the the shockwave that it's going to send out from it landing is going to launch you in a friggin' space. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, really. Like so. a giant in Skyrim. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. Um, you know, the other thing is that this thing drops so much loot. Yeah, like it, it drops so much loot. It's really handy. Is all of it good? No, but I mean, you're. I don't think there's ever been a time where I've fought in where I fought the rack. I fought in. That's not a word. So <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a time where I fought the rack hive, and afterwards I didn't pick up at least one thing for use, not to sell, but to actually use. Yeah, yeah. So, Usually I find at least two things to where I'm like, that's going in the backpack for for a little while. Yeah. So. um so between that, I mean, you know, the the character design on it's really interesting too, with its whole face thing going on. You know, yeah, what I'm you guys know about. what we're talking about. So, if you, and if you don't, why are you listening to this? 
go play that game instead of listening to us talk about it. Yeah, and really. If you, I mean, but otherwise, you know, you know you about kn- the rack hive face. You know. So, secondly, we're going to talk about its butt. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, if you haven't done this, you need to just be, for the experience of it. If you shoot the rack hive enough times in the butt, you can get it to poop. That's just a thing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Which is so, why we give it so many points in X Factor. It's yeah, we colossal. Really it, you can shoot it in the butt and make it poop. And it's got a vagina <laughs> face. It's just so many. It has so many things going on for it. Um, you, you, here's the thing. Literally, and I'm challenging like any other developer to do this. Any other developer, put that in your game. See how everyone else reacts to it. <laughs> you can't. This yeah. is the. You you would not have been able to do this in any other game. Like nope. it just works here. Yep. So exactly. So uh, next up on the list, we're getting towards the top of the list here. We've got the top five, tied with the Rack Hive is Nine Toes, one of my favorite enemies in the game. Um, he. He's the first named boss, and he sets the tone of the game. You walk into there, you see the safety fist signs, you see, you know, his splash screen says, also he has three balls. Mm-hmm. Just He gives you the, the suck it motion, you know? Yeah. It's just, <laughs> that's, that's Borderlands in a nutshell. Like, you know what you're in for. Um, anyways, mm-hmm. uh relatively difficult mainly because of pinky and digit that you fight with him um oh quick sidebar again i know i've done that like a few times in this episode but like uh the reason so we haven't listed hans and franz and we haven't listed pinky and digit because they're not the boss that you're fighting in that area they're like a they're like a mini boss like you know hans and franz are just happen to be there protecting baron flint same with pinky and digit and nine toes like you're not going there to kill them that's not Correct. the goal. So so that's yeah. why they're not listed. Anyways, um, so Pinky and Digit make the Nine-Toes battle uh, pretty pretty difficult, I would say. Uh, they got a 7 on that. Nine-Toes gets a 10. A 10 on rewards. Because, uh, because you get the clipper. Jeff yeah, and I, yeah. when we were developing this document, yeah. we're talking about the clipper. And there's nobody that it doesn't work for right because it's it's a fire damage dealing melee pistol okay fire damage that covers lilith melee covers brick and or mordecai. The fact that, or mordecai and the fact that it's a pistol covers mordecai and it shoots bullets so roland <laughs> yeah really um it just it's it's a great beginner weapon for anybody in the game. Really love yeah. it. Yeah, uh, they, perfect they, they, ten in rewards for uh, nine toes. Yeah, they designed it. They designed it perfectly to work really really well for whoever. And as far as the difficulty goes, here's the other thing that I think is really interesting too, because he, he did score pretty high in difficulty too. Uniqueness was his lowest thing. That's what really held him back. Uniqueness. Mm. It's just because. He does look like a generic bandit mostly. So yeah. um the big the other big thing is that as far as the difficulty goes, and I'm I don't know this for sure, but I'm speculating pretty heavily here because it just seems to make sense. It seems like the whole reason why you have to go and get the lady finger is because for a first boss fight, they wanted to give you something that they knew was gonna be able to take on that fight. 
Yeah, I agree. If it was... If somehow Ninetoes was a boss later in the game, I feel like it would be a much more difficult fight. Yeah. It's difficult enough and everything like that. And like Drew said, especially with Pinky and Digit, and that adds a whole other layer to it and everything. But the fact that they give you uh, a unique weapon to even go into that fight with kind of tells you a little bit about that fight. Right, so. right. Because you literally can't even fight him until you've got the Ladyfinger. So. Yeah. And, and it's you're really, so they're like, look, look, it's, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And as weird as this sounds and do not beat up on me for this. Like, do not at me on Twitter about this one, but like, <laughs> here's the thing is that in similar veins to, um, in similar veins to the first level of Mario and the first level in Mega Man X, where it's very apparent you know what you're supposed to be doing as far as like how the gameplay goes because it teaches you through those first couple of screens. This is very similar in that same way. This first boss fight tells you everything that you need to know about the game. Okay, you shoot the big tough guy. You have some sort of a strategy because he may have other guys with him that are helping to protect him. When you do that, you get unique weaponry and you suit you use that to suit whatever playstyle you have, whether it's melee or fire damage or high fire rate stuff. Yep. Yep. It's That's... it's it is a very well built boss fight for explaining how this game is supposed to go, and I and I really applaud them for the way they did it. Yeah, yeah, which is why Nine Toes comes in as high as he does on the uh, on the list. So yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I forget who was going. Is it my turn or your turn? It's your turn. Okay. So next we have in the number four position. We have no no more ties. By the way, uh, for number four we have Crom. So Crom comes in uh, with thirty points. So we're getting pretty high up there at this point. So Crom has a lot going on for him. So, um, so Crom, we, he did not get any perfect scores, but he did get a nine in rewards. So man, Crom sidearm is so good for like, so, good. so, you know, just the amount of lightning damage that you do and everything like that. And especially since you're going to be running into a lot more guys with shields, like, cause uh, most of the time after you fight Crom, one of the next things that you can go and do is go to, uh, old Haven yeah. and, and you really need the, the shield-tearing ability that Krom's sidearm gives you. It's really good for Lilith and everything like that. It works out really well. Not to mention um, the other really high areas is that Krom is actually a very unique boss fight. Um, we talked about Mad Mel and how he's in a vehicle and everything like that. Krom is like one of the only ones that's actually... Or, yeah, he's the only one that's in a turret, isn't he? The only one, yeah. So, and you have two choices when you fight Krom. He can be a little bit easier if you have the Reaver's Edge and you're just sniping him from a distance. Yes, understood. But if you don't have that and if you're not using it, you have to run all the way up to this guy and you have to, you know, and you have to get close enough to where you can actually shoot him from a reasonable distance. You can do it with other sniper rifles, sure, but the fact that he's laying into you this entire time with um with his big turret that he has, which you know, again, is kind of preceded because the area just before you get to to Crom's Canyon has like those three turrets outside of it before you go through the doorway, you know, big pain, everything like that. And then at, if that weren't bad enough, it's not just like you're going and trying to duck and cover and everything like that the entire time, but he's also got all these enemies that are popping out and everything. So it's like, yeah, you can't just hide in this one place. I'm going to send guys after you to try and get them. 
Well, and it's also the fact that, like, the turret is not just a... It's not, like, a machine gun turret. It's a triple rocket launching turret. So, like, mm-hmm. there's splash damage from the explosions, which yeah. make it a real bit... So, like, you could hide behind a rock. You're still going to take some amount of damage. It's yeah. it's a big pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, which... So, like, with all that said, you would think that it'd be super difficult. It, it's really not hard. Um, but it makes it interesting. It's like... It's like, uh, here's, we're going another 90s deep cut TV reference here. <laughs> uh, y'all watched American Gladiators and, and the gauntlet at the end. We and know you did. <laughs> yeah. There's, so there's that, there's always, uh, during the gauntlet, there was one, the, um, the one gladiator at the top, like shooting at you with the tennis ball gun and everything. That's, that's what it's like. And you gotta, <laughs> duck, dive, dip, dodge, and dive, and whatever, you know, all around mm-hmm. these things, and it's it's really fun. Um, we also gave Krom quite a few points uh, in the X Factor, because, man, he's a dick. Yeah, <laughs> he is. <laughs> like, so, in the splash screen, he kills a, a claptrap unit, Yeah, and then points the finger gun at you, like, you next, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. So, uh, as far as bandits go, I mean, yeah, he's just another human enemy, but like I said, he uses the turret and his, his, he looks really unique as well. He's actually has mm-hmm. a fairly unique look to him. So he's bigger and taller and he's got like the, he's got like the ponytail going on. He's honestly got kind of a like Geralt in the Witcher kind of a setup going on, but like more cyberpunky than anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's accurate. Um, plus there's, there's, <laughs> I still like the fact that they like humanize some of these characters. You remember what the uh, what the flavor text says on Crom's sidearm? Uh, a gift from Papa Crom, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is exactly. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, he's a bandit and he's a murderous, you know, cut, ruthless cutthroat. He's got a family just like everybody else. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's just trying to make his way in the world, make some money, and make yeah. his dad proud. Yeah, so. one claptrap unit at a time. Yeah, really. So, all right. Uh, moving on, Drew, you want to take the next one then? Yeah, I'm super excited about this one. So, uh, coming in at number three is Taylor Cobb. So, Janus Cobb, way down the list towards the bottom. Taylor Cobb, a lot higher. Um, again, no, no perf. well, uh, sorry, one perfect score for Taylor Cobb, um, in X Factor. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, pretty, pretty difficult Taylor Cobb is. Only get, it gets a nine there because it's not impossible, obviously. Neither is, are the other perfect tens, but like really difficult because when you go back to Taylor Town, as it's now called, um, mm-hmm. there's two turrets and Taylor has a rocket launcher. And man, is that a bitch. In, in, uh, a, in a very small area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, really, really tight quarters there. A probably similar to the amount of space that you have on the bottom floor when you're fighting um, nine toes. Yeah. Um, like just just the most bottom level there. Yeah. So now imagine imagine fighting nine toes, giving him a rocket launcher, and throwing two turrets in there. It's a pain in the ass. It really so, is. So, but uh, Taylor gets a perfect ten in X Factor because he's the only character in the game that goes from an NPC to a boss to to a fightable enemy of any kind which is really really fu- oh wait 
What? I just thought of another one. Who's that? Isn't there the guy in New Haven that, like, you get a mission or two from and then he sells you out and you can kill him at some point? I uh, don't remember right offhand. Man, I feel oh. like I'm very un- underprepared for this now. Now, if you're talking about the... Now, you're not talking about where you go to the shipping container and everything, are you? No, no. Okay, because no, I was going to say, because that's part of this. <laughs> no, there's the guy that gives you the... Uh, the guy that gives you the mission to... And, like, you got to find his, like, porno mags and stuff all over the place. Oh, well, he's he's part of this storyline, too, though. Like, that's just an extra side mission for him. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But anyways, so, um, so yeah, super, super difficult fight. Um, but really, like I said, the, the most points came from the perfect 10 and X-Factor because he's, he's a bad dude. You know, like, gets you to go and kill his brother, and then he takes over the town, and now you gotta fight him, and sets you up to, like Jeff said, like, um, betrays you, and he's like, yeah, man, he's like, your payment is in the shipping container, and his dudes mm-hmm. hop out and try to kill you, then you gotta go back to Taylortown and try to and kill all of his other dudes, and then kill him. Gives you, uh, gives you decent rewards, because there's a couple of red chests there, I believe. Um, so that's mm-hmm. decent. Uh, also gives you the roaster, which is a fire elemental rocket launcher. That's pretty sweet. That's, yeah. uh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, again, you know, kind of one of those things that can be used just by about, you know, by about just about anyone, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anyways, so, so that's pretty much it on uh, on Taylor Cobb. I was a little surprised at, hi- yeah. at how highly we had him. Um, but, like, the difficulty, the uniqueness, and the X factor is what uh, got him up to number three. Uh, yeah. Jeff, you want to take number two? Yep. So, um, and for those of you that are wondering, yes. Um, y- yeah. We, we know that the Cobb family and, you know, Janus Cobb was, you know, a reference to Jane Cobb from Firefly. Yes, we get that. So yep, I, I under, we're aware. Under, Thank you. Yep. yep do, not, do not hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, great show. I do really enjoy it. Didn't, didn't become super relevant. Okay. So, all right. So here we go. All right. We are at the final two. Uh, so number two with two tens across the board is Skagzilla. So Skag Gorilla. Skag Gorilla. <laughs> so yeah. Uh so Skagzilla. All right, so let's talk about this. So here's a really interesting thing. We gave him a 10 in an area that we thought we weren't going to because our first thought we, you know, we we thought we were going to give him a very low score in uniqueness because we're like, "Eh, is just a big skag." And then we're like, "All right, A it's a huge skag. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, Skagzilla is one of the three uh, colossal, you know, uh, bosses in the game. Like we said, so the three colossal enemies in the game are Skagzilla, Mothrak, and uh, the Rack Hive. The Rack Hive. Yeah. yeah. So and and they're just, they're imposing when you see them, especially when you get first get to his cave and everything. You know, first of all, you're you're luring you're luring luring him out with another skag. It's like, all right, hey, that's kind of messed up. Like, you know, <laughs> yep, like a barbecued skag. And then, like, when you get close, like he does his roar and it like shakes the entire ground. So, like, you know, you're getting in for something, especially with how huge the cave is. So, the other the other thing is that um, 
He has movesets that are not like any other skag in the game. That's the really interesting thing. He does the jump at you he, that does the ground pound thing. He charges at you, which is really interesting. Um, and yeah, other skags do that, but not to this level. He's got yeah. Also, great... other skags, other skags do the jump thing, but not to that level. You know. Yeah. So like they really made sure to have weight behind what he did. You know, you know how it is. It's like it's like when you pick up a revolver for the first time in the game. It's the same thing. It's like it has meaning and weight and everything to it. So he also has his crazy laser beam attack that he does from his mouth, which is just crazy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So really, really interesting enemy. Uh, for as far as the big enemies go, he's one of the most interesting ones. Um, so. The other thing is that he's fairly difficult. Um, I mean, yeah, you shoot him in the mouth and everything like that. But still, I mean, even that, even when you have a really good gun, it still takes a while. He's just a pile of health. And if you don't keep on your toes, he's going to mess you up. So especially doing like a one-on-one fight against him is really tough. So um, it, is, it is similar to the Roid Rage Psycho fight in which there's a, there's a lot of kiting, but it doesn't do you nearly as much good because of that jump attack. Yeah, exactly. Because he can just close that distance right away, and that's really tough. Right, he's like, oh, running away, eh? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And he's bang, right there on top of you again. Yeah, so uh, we understand that he's still essentially just a big skag, so we didn't give him as many points as far as the X Factor go, because he's not, like, there's nothing unique about his model other than the fact that he's big. Right, right. Yeah, and I know we're kind of splitting hairs between uniqueness and X-Factor, but that's just kind of the way we chose to do it. This is our list. If you want to make your own, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I just want to let everybody know that, like, you know, these... I, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode. I mean, really, all these, all the opinions and numbers on this thing are our ours and, and our own and are totally infallible, so friggin' deal with it. <laughs> Anyways. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so... The other, the other thing is that he's a solid XP farm and he's got tons of loot. Does He doesn't have anything unique, but he's got a ton of it. Well, I mean, you know, I can't even say that he doesn't have anything unique because you can get the elephant gun, which can be used really, yeah. really well if you know how. So Right. Um, Scopeless and from the hip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no. So, you know, he gives tons of loot. He gives you tons of XP. That's actually even used for an XP farm for speedrunning, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's uh, so. If you watch some speedruns on Borderlands One, they'll go this. There's this back way. So what's normally the exit for him? You can like drive over there with a runner and then hop up on the rocks in a certain way and then hop in the back and then kill him again. So pretty yeah. pretty good XP farm. Yeah, absolutely. So so yeah. As far as for. For the fact of just being a big skag, we gave him a fair amount of points. The, honestly, the only thing that really held him back was the fact that he was more or less a big skag. So yeah, if he was anything else, I think that he would have been he would have been better. So well, well, and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more put into his design. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, you know, like um, honestly, if they would have done something similar to like the way they did with uh with scar and had some more stuff on him like that that would have been great you know, yeah like, that's something that indicated that that people have tried to kill him and everything you know like yeah i mean there's Maybe. there's some scattered stuff outside the the den and everything but like could you imagine if there was like i don't know a rocket like sticking out of his back still and your shit you know something like that yeah yeah, something like that, and then maybe, like, around his legs and everything, that you have, like, more of the knives and the swords and everything, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so that'll be um, cool. 
But yeah. Uh, all right. Here we go. Our number one. I'm going to let Drew take it. Drew, who is our number one uh, Borderlands boss in the vanilla game? So the number one boss in the vanilla version of Borderlands is Commandant Steel. So <laughs> Commandant's no psych. It's the destroyer, which is why the destroyer gets a perfect 10 in X factor mm-hmm. because yeah. you expect this whole time throughout the game to be fighting Commandant Steel. And then it's just like snatched away from you. And there's this giant hentai monster that you got to <laughs> kill. So it, which is just, Great. Um, So this is one of the ones we are going to go through all the scores on, and we're going to talk about difficulty. Surprisingly, a seven. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Not the toughest thing in the game because of the pillars that are on either side of the destroyer. You can basically hide behind them. You you can find a perfect spot to where it's, it's basically Skagzilla eyeball beam attack, right? I mean, it's the mm-hmm. same attack as, as Skagzilla has, but with comes out of its eye instead of its mouth. Right, yep. Um, if you hide behind it, you'll take no damage from it behind that pillar. And it's it's really the tentacles that make it more difficult because they slam around and there's just a ton of them. And, yeah, and it's, between that and, like, the the flying needle type things. Right, and, and I feel like the most difficult thing is that there's no other smaller enemies around to kill when you're in fight for your life. you got to take out one of the tentacles Man, that is a bitch. So, but still, not impossible. Gets a seven. Uniqueness. Hold on, hold on. Just back up just a second. I want to touch on that a little bit more. Like like Drew said, there's nothing really to get a second win off of except the tentacles. And the other really difficult thing about it is he hurts real bad. Like, or, you know, this thing hurts real bad when it hits you. Like, except for like maybe the little needle things, everything does a ton of damage to you. And even those little needle things can kind of, can kind of mess you up a little bit. So yeah, they add up after a while. The other, the other tough thing about it is it's really hard to hit the tentacles behind the pillars, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. if you're, so the perfect place to actually kind of cheese this thing and take it out is also the most detrimental place. If you go in a fight for your life. So it's a really big give and take. So, yep. Yeah, um, that makes it tricky. So yeah. yeah, so um, you know there are some builds where it's kind of tough to do it and everything like that. If you're running one of the melee characters as a melee build, yeah, gonna have gonna have a rough time with that. For right. any gun, any gun build is gonna be able to take this thing out or should be able to and stuff like that. But yeah, overall pretty difficult. Anyway, you were starting to say about the uniqueness. Yeah, uniqueness. I mean, it's the only monster of its type in the entire game. You're not going through the whole game fighting tiny destroyers, <laughs> which, <laughs> as cute as that would be, um, just like a little, like, fire in the laser, just, you know, and you're like, ah, stop it. <laughs> could, you, could, you, could you imagine that? Just like, because it's, you know, it's built into the wall, like, that's part of its thing, you know, it's built into the, you know, into, into the, the vault. vault. Yeah. yeah. So could you imagine just, like, running by, like, you know, a canyon wall or something like that, there's just, like, a tiny vault, and then just this destroyer just, like, that'd be so good anyways uh i mean so that so yeah uniqueness pretty much the only like it's the only thing like it it's a really it's a is it the only fixed enemy in the game it might be i mean um crom doesn't really count because once you get up to him crom can ditch his turret and start moving around to shoot you I think he's the only, like, fixed location enemy in the game, now that I think about it. 
Um, yeah, and and it works really well too, though. Yeah, so it still just, makes it super difficult. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip rewards for a second. That's gonna be the last thing we address. Uh, X Factor, like I said, ten. He's he's. He's the BBEG. He is the surprise boss when you expected to be killing Commandant Steel this whole time. Um, so that's uh, that's why he gets perfect ten in X Factor. Yeah, like it's just you're going through this entire time, and the entire thing that drives you from the very beginning of the game. And if you've talked to if anyone's even tried to get you into Borderlands, you know how this is. It's like, oh, okay, you should play Borderlands. Oh, cool, what's it about? It's like, oh, it's this great game where you kill things and you get loot. It's like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. So then you start the game and it's like, hey, your job is to get loot. Guess what? This vault, it's full of loot. You know, it's full of, you know, a ton of loot and everything like that. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is sweet. Super excited about that. So then you get to this thing. And you're like, all right, all I got to do is fight Commandant Steel, and I get all this loot. And and the whole time, you're just like, man, she's pissing me off. I can't wait to shoot this bitch in the face. I'm just, I'm dying to kill this woman, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, like, she starts talking to you, and she does the whole thing, and she's like, looks like I won. And you're like, I know something's about to happen, and I'm actually going to take you out. Watch this happen. Before you can even do that, she's taken out in just one hit by this thing, and you have no idea what it is. You're like, oh, no, what is, oh, oh. And then it, like, eats her and it shows the thing. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're like, man, this is this is not what I expected. So yeah. <laughs> You um, lied to me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we skipped over rewards quickly. I want to address this specifically. We have we have uh, a Barry Bonds in here. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, there is there is an asterisk next to the number 10 in rewards because had Jeff and I done this episode six months ago when there was no Borderlands remaster the destroyer would have gotten like a one or a two in rewards yeah most most likely a one right right so that would have put it on par with let's see Jeff and I did the math, and I think it puts it on par with, like, the Rack Hive and Nine Toes. Yeah, which would then have made Skegzilla the number one boss in the game. Yes, so, which I feel fine with, you know. Yeah. It's just the way that... So so if you want to look at it that way, that's that's fine. Like, if you're... If we're discussing the original version of Borderlands, the Destroyer is, like, is like tied for fourth, okay? Yeah. But... Because in the remaster, when you kill the destroyer, you are guaranteed a legendary weapon. That puts it at a ten. Yeah, and, from the red chest. So right, right between yeah between that and the red chest, like it's a perfect ten. It's the only guaranteed legendary in the entire game. In the entire vanilla game, yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, like that's that's our whole reasoning for it. Is and we talked about this and, and Drew will know what I'm getting to when we have this conversation. Cause we had this exact same conversation because we talked about it for a long time. We're like, do we really put the destroyer as the top one? Because that's what everyone's going to expect. And then do you remember what I asked you about another similar situation, Drew, as far no. as that goes? Okay. <laughs> so I, I asked Drew, I was like, all right, yes. Think of it this way though. If you're talking about, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're talking about, if you're talking about video games, and you're talking about what's the what's the best sword in all of video games, and you, without any hesitation, what did you say? 
Yeah, I said it's the Master Sword. That's that's what it is. There's not going to be anything more powerful than the Master Sword. There's not going to be any better boss that's better set up than the Destroyer in this. The rewards were the only thing that, like Drew said, six months ago would have kept it from being up there. But now that it has the red chests, now that it has the now that it has the guaranteed legendary chests in there as well, this thing is almost almost perfect. So nothing got a perfect score. This was as close as it came with a whopping thirty-seven out of forty. Yeah. Yep. So and I have yes. no I have no qualms with that. I mean, like I said, had we done the, and and the fact that we're addressing that caveat and like we're like yeah, it's not. First of all, it's not perfect. Not even not even it's I mean it's close, but it's not it it's definitely not perfect. And had we come out with this episode 6 months ago, it it would be far from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yep. It's just that's the best thing about it. That's the best thing they could have done to finally put it over the top. And I hope I hope somebody from Gearbox hears this to be like, yeah, like they finally made it right because that's how the game should be, right? So yeah. I can't wait to do this episode in on Borderlands Two. I mean, it's not it's going to be a while because God, who would hate, who would like to hear two episodes like that in a row? But <laughs> it, so it's going to be a while before we get to that episode. Yeah, but I think. Just based on pure speculation, I'm gonna guess that the warrior is not number one. I I wouldn't think so. No, I would. Be, I, would I, I mean, we'll probably use the same criteria and everything, just because it seemed to be a system that worked pretty well. Like if we look at the list from bottom to top, <coughs> excuse me, I feel really good about where everybody fell. Like, like yeah, Sledge should be, you know, in the top third, and yeah. Janus Cobb should be in the bottom third, and and having Reaver and Bonehead right in the middle feels about right, you know. Yeah. So to have them after after ten years go back and change the Destroyer to where it's at the top of the list by a significant margin, it beat out Skagzilla by five points. Yeah, it's a lot of points. <laughs> so that they finally like set it right, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. So I could not agree with you more. So uh, anyway. Oh, quick. Uh, another little thing. Uh, so on the list of bosses on there, like we already addressed Hans and Franz and Pinky and Digit. They also had uh, Scrappy all grown up on there, which we didn't even, we A, didn't even know was a thing. Because apparently like after you save Scrappy for Crazy Earl, if you go back after uh, after entering the Crimson Fastness, Scrappy is all grown up and like full size big badass skag or whatever, and you can like lead it to go and fight other enemies and then it becomes killable. You could, but why? Why, why would you, you do, do that? that? Why would why you kill would you... Earl's pet? Yeah, why would you kill Scrappy? So that is that is just so wrong. I bet you the same people that would kill Earl's pet are the same people that did not let Tiny Tina press the the button in the most recent DLC for Borderlands Two. That's messed up. You you know who you are. Y'all messed up. Anyways, so, first, so yes, yeah, so are, Scrappy's off the list. Killing people's yeah. pets is wrong. Yeah, if you are doing that, stop it. Get some help. <laughs> right, exactly. So. so yeah, so that wraps up our conversation on the uh, Borderlands bosses ranked. 
Real quick run through again. I'm just gonna go from the bottom. Uh, Widowmaker, Helob, King, Aracob, Queen, Tarantulo, Master McCloud, Slither, Janus Cobb, One Eyed Jack, Roid Rage, Psycho, Mad Mel, Bleeder, Scar, Bonehead, Reaver, King, Wee Wee, Baron, Flint, Sledge, Rack, and Issue, Mothrak, Moan, Marley, Rack, Hive, Nine Toes, Crom, Taylor, Cobb, Skagzilla, and the Destroyer. Perfect. That was very well done. Thank you. So, <laughs> so that's gonna bring us to our last segment of the episode. Just like every episode, we're gonna end this with Going, Going, Gun. <laughs> So, unsurprisingly, considering how much we talked about it earlier and how it relates to Slither, uh, we're going to talk about the Dove. So, uh, like I, yeah, actually, totally unsurprisingly, because I told you earlier that it's going to be on the Dove. I straight up told you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) So, if you're surprised, get your memory checked. Take some vitamin B. If you're surprised, don't be. (laughs) Right. So, uh, the Dove is a unique repeater pistol manufactured by Dahl. As we stated earlier, it does not consume ammo. However, uh, exactly like the Infinity, it requires one bullet in the inventory. Yeah. So, um, really interesting, um, you know, kind of a setup that they have for that. So, because it's, you know, because it's Dahl, it's, you know first fire but yeah <laughs> you know weird. so not yeah not not as not as good as it possibly could be so it can have any element on it uh it has the elements up to uh times two uh in there and it actually has fixed accuracy which is really interesting and uh fixed accuracy and fire rates of 87.2 and 3.7 so again uh really interesting <laughs> respectively uh, that's a, respectively. that's not an could you imagine an a-, a fixed accuracy of 3.7 and a fire rate of 87.2 that'd be nuts <laughs> <laughs> just pull the trigger <laughs> once just pull the trigger once be like i killed it what everything <laughs> yeah, it's just, it just sprayed bullets everywhere <laughs> so uh, fun thing about it magazine capacity is uh always between 12 and 14 irrelevant <laughs> doesn't matter um so something else that we didn't talk about uh actually i want to get to that point last um but anyways uh it can spawn with elemental modifiers giving it really great elemental abilities like a fire dove or a corrosive dove or just any of them like really really great yeah um pretty useful you kind of want to use it as like a as your backup weapon most of the time if it's just a standard non-elemental dove um just kind of keep it on the side you know for when you're running low on ammo on other things or use it to you can use it uh, to whittle your down the enemy's health and then finish them off with the bigger gun or the other way around you know so that Mm. way you're saving ammo on the other stuff works pretty well um it can be uh can be obtained from the as the reward from alter ego colon godless monsters uh or as a rare drop from slither after playthrough two um so that's pretty neat jeff you want to talk about the last thing that makes the dove so good yeah, so the really interesting thing about the Dove is that um, we've talked about that it does have the different elemental variants on it and everything like that. Everything from corrosive, shock, fire, um, explosive, you know, all that kind of good stuff. It doesn't even have to have an element on it as well. Um, the fact that it doesn't consume ammo, pretty cool. It can also have a melee thing on it, but that's not why you'd be using it. Um, so uh, the really, really interesting thing about it and... Um, the reason that we're talking about it and the reason that Slither actually got, you know, even uh, the perfect score on that, which is really interesting, 
um, is because so so the devil comes with its predefined uh, with predefined basic parts for the body, the mag, no sight, and then the action on it. So, but the really interesting thing is that you can actually get the dove as a um, it's one of the few hybrid weapons in the game. For those of you that don't know, hybrid weapons will probably make that a topic someday. Maybe yeah, I would think yeah. so. Yeah. So, but the really interesting thing is that you can actually get uh, a dove to spawn. You might, so you might kill, um, you might kill Slither and then all of a sudden you're like, well, that's not a dove. That's a hornet. No, no, no. It is both my good friend, my good vault <laughs> hunter. So the dove and both you can and check this simultaneous. Out. Yes. So, um, you look at, uh, and you can find this on the wiki about the dove. The dove can spawn with the Hornet accessory, which gives the feel the sting effect and retains the dove's special effect. Uh, the name changes to the BLR Hornet and only displays the Hornet's red text. So, so here's the thing. Hornet's pretty good, okay? The Hornet is, um, you know... Um, the it, dollar it's repeater pretty does corrosive damage... Yeah, yeah, pretty good at what it does. Um, you know, it does fire and bursts and everything like that. So, um, but the really interesting thing is that if you get this, so you basically make this a hornet that does not consume ammo. Yeah. What? You heard that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so good. It is. It is. So if you've been you, listening to this show for a while, you know how cor how good corrosive damage is in Borderlands 1 to have that infinitely is crazy yeah so um here's the thing late game or you know final playthrough you know 2.5 uh playthrough is is pretty difficult in borderlands even when you're even when you're geared pretty well it's pretty difficult this thing is pretty much on par with making it feel like normal mode so it actually helps you out quite a bit however if you combine this with anything as far as elemental damage like mordecai or lilith can do man this thing does work <laughs> yeah yep, so yep, yep. this thing does so much work and you can see it you can look up videos and everything like that of just people melting face with this and it's just ridiculous the the thing that's tough is it's it's really hard to get it it's oh, really yeah. really hard to get it yeah. so what i think i think the like so so you get the dove to drop all right that's all right you know tough enough to get it to drop or whatever the chance of when a dove drops to have it be the dove hornet hybrid is about one in 3,000, if I remember right. <sighs> so <laughs> if you really want it, I guess, I think the probably easier way would be kill Slither, go and turn in the reward, and then dashboard quit. Yeah. And just turn in turn in the quest over and over, and hopefully mm -hmm. one, because that'd be quicker. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, no, it's, so yeah, that's probably going to be the best way. If you want to, you know, you can go ahead and, you know, continue to kill Slither and everything like that. It might work out for you, but it's sure. just a, it's just a really interesting thing. Um, as far as like that, like you, you hear about these hybrid guns and everything like that. And, um, this is one of the, this, this is one of the few that doesn't get talked about as much. And I'm not really sure why. I mean, obviously the main one that everyone hears about is the Ajax Ogre, but you know, yeah, yeah. still. But like this is this is still pretty good. So anyway, so that's uh, but yeah, that is the dove. If you are lucky enough to farm this and get the dove hornet hybrid, you know, awesome. Congratulations. I feel really bad because, you know, that's going to happen where some some person is going to forget about the BLR prefix that you need to actually make it the hybrid. And they're going to get just like a world drop. 
hornet be like, oh, I got it. Then it's going to use ammo. They're going to be like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that'd be funny. So anyway, so yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, so that, that's sorry, the dove and that's yeah. our show. Yeah, that wraps so. up uh, episode seven. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed our list. If not, like I said, it's infallible, so your opinion doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> unless it's exactly the same as ours, in which case, congratulations. So that's going to wrap it up. Uh, join us next time in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. Good luck and good drops. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold whoa, on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so I want to point out uh, we're getting very excited because... The next time that we talk to you guys uh, will be our first. Uh, it'll be our first episode in August, and at that point, uh, we will be almost right at a month away from Borderlands Three. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I'm so stoked. I also realized that uh, we're gonna actually be recording uh, a new episode two days after the release. So, mm. how exciting is that gonna be? Because yeah, I like absolutely. plan it all out. I'm like record pods every two weeks, you know, so that. So yeah. the episode, uh, we're going to have one exactly after that. But anyways, we're coming up on almost exactly two hours, so we might as well end it right at two hours. Good luck and good drops. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.